Oh, hey there, folks. This is Kate Gaffney, your host of Service from Hell, a show featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I am just popping on here quickly to let you know we are doing another bonus episode. In honor of Thanksgiving and all of the gratitude that we feel, we decided that we would turn the episode back to you all and do listener letters. We haven't done this in a very, very long time, and we just had to compile all the emails. We just wanted to put them all together and make sure that you all had your voices heard. And we do read every email, and we're so grateful to those of you who reach out. Even if you just reach out to say you're listening, we're super grateful for that too. And just wanted to do a special thank you to all of our lovely guests who have given their time over the past year. It has been complicated and Zoom has gone in and out and we've done international interviews and it's just been kind of chaotic, but super, super fun. And we have a whole bank of new people that we've had the pleasure of getting to know and some old friends who have said yes. And, you know, people let me hound them relentlessly to be on the show. And we wanted to give a huge, massive, unrelenting thank you to you, the listeners, We read every DM, we read every email, we read every piece of outreach, and it just helps so much. And just an extra special shout out to the Patreon subscribers who, I mean, I don't, the bonus content that I give you is mostly me just bitching about something, but I'm so grateful for every dime, dollar, penny, pound you have handed over that is your hard-earned money uh, that keeps us afloat over here. And we're just so enormously grateful. And finally, we just want to say a huge thank you to our new home this year on Sirius XM channel 771. She's so funny, giving uh, light to women in comedy and giving voices to the underrepresented feels, it must feel amazing. We have an insanely talented production team over there filled with people that champion for exposing our voices. And it's just such a pleasure to be part of such a badass team. So thank you all so much for the opportunity and thank you all to the Sirius XM subscribers who keep that the lights on over there and keep shows like mine on the air it's just uh it's such a pleasure and thank you to all of our listeners over there and you know all of the people who turn us on when they're doing long haul trucking or who turn us on in the middle of the day or you know just who listen to us on demand we're just so grateful can't say it enough so yeah to the you know from every listen matters and we pay attention and it feels really good to see that our audience is expanding around the world uh that just i'll never stop being grateful for that so in honor of thanksgiving and in honor of my unending gratitude we wanted to do this listener letter episode as a bonus and apologies. We've been collecting these emails. And so if you personally sent an email about the subject, we got a couple emails about one subject in particular, and we're, we just kind of combined them and gave credit to one name. So apologies. If you're like, wait a minute, I sent that email. Uh, my name's Chris. And you said it was Dan. Uh, it's just because we got uh, several emails about this one particular subject. So we know your lives are busy. We know your days are busy. We know you have endless choices when it comes to listening to content and can't stop being grateful because I just am so astounded by you giving us your time and your money and everything else. So to my production team and to all of the guests and to you, the listeners, we just, yeah, I could do another 20 minutes on my gratitude. So thank you all so much for listening. Let's get on with the listener letters and let's get on with the show.
thank you all so much for submitting your questions to us. We have three this week and we will do more in the future. If your email doesn't get read today, apologies, it will get read in the future. And if you, like I said, if you, if you're like, Hey, that's not exactly how I worded it. Wait a minute. That's not my name. We got a few emails about this one subject that we're going to end with. So we're going to start with Bill from Oklahoma. Hi, Bill. He writes, have you seen the Reddit thread that shows customer service comes out of the train station wall when you press what seems to be the help button? They literally come to you. So which country do you think has the best customer service? Okay. I had to get some context for this. So I Googled uh, some information about this and then the Reddit thread did pop up that I guess in Japan, when you're at the train station, you press this button and it sets off some sort of beeping sound and literally from like the middle of what would be where you get your tickets on the train, like at the various train stations, a person physically comes out and there was a video of a, you know, based on his accent, an American dude who was like, Hey, uh, I don't know where to get this line or whatever. And God bless this Japanese man was like, he went in and entered something into the system. And then the guy got his ticket and it went crazy on Reddit, I guess, because I, the first time I heard about it was when we got this email and it went crazy on Reddit, I guess, because people were like, this is insane customer service. Like who's coming out of the wall. And Bill's question was, I'll repeat it, uh, which country do you think has the best customer service? So of the countries I've had the unbelievable good fortune to travel to, uh, I would say Japan. And it's not because Japan is in this question, but it's just because having been to Japan, I, I will tell anybody with ears, please, please, please go to Japan if you get the opportunity. It is an unbelievable country from the just entertainment experiences to the hot springs to the ease of travel to the most well-organized and cleanest subway system I have ever been on in my life to the accessibility to get up into the mountains and to see so much of areas outside of Tokyo just from Tokyo. It is, I mean, I could go on and on. That's not the comedy bit of the, of the show, but I would argue that they have the best customer service hands down. And it was interesting. I was there with someone that I was dating at the time and he was stationed there and we went um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to make a real effort to like try and speak Japanese. Um, no, that didn't, that, uh, that didn't go well. I sounded terrible. I am in no way going to attempt to do it right now. But someone bought me a phrase book. I think my sister might've bought me a phrase book of Japanese phrases. And I was like, I am taking this and I'm really going to try. And when I tell you people fell outside of their bodies to try and help me when I would attempt to speak Japanese because I was attempting to, you know, give a nod to the culture, at least, I mean, that's my rule is like, if I'm going to a country where I don't speak the language, I'm at least going to try because I don't want to be that person. And I mean, people fell all over themselves. And I don't know if you've heard of this part of the culture, which I loved. If you had at the time business cards, I think it might still be true. It was ages ago that I was there. But um, if you had a business card and you you know, brought it with you, an exchange of business cards was considered a very respectful exchange. And I should look up but that I don't have a, I don't want to spend too much time on it. But you should look up why it is so significant in Japanese culture. But so I was like, oh, I'll bring a business card. Who cares? So we went to the food there is ridiculous. It's so good. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. And if you think there's not a difference between the sashimi in the States versus the sashimi there, go there. Anyway, so we were at this one, um, what they call it. I think it's like the Japanese pancake or something. It's not a pancake. It's like made with cabbage and eggs and pork and all of this stuff. Anyway, we were at this restaurant and this chef cooked it in front of us, kind of like a hibachi, but it wasn't exactly that because it wasn't the performative kind of thing that you get at 
like, I don't want to say the name of it because they're not sponsoring this podcast, but if you want to, I'll drop your name. Uh, but it wasn't a hibachi girl experience anyway, but it was still cooked in front of us, blah, blah, blah. So he, he cooks it, we eat it and it was so good. It was so good. And so I looked up the phrase like, this is delicious. Like you're very talented. I forget all I said and I was saying it all in Japanese and he got really emotional and he like told, he put his finger up to wait. He brings out this like parade of desserts that we are not charged for. And then he is putting his hands out and I was like, oh, I wonder if I'm meant to give him my business card. And he spoke enough English, like God bless most people there do, but he spoke enough English where we could have an exchange where I was like, oh yeah, I'll, you know, here's my business card. Here's what I do, whatever. And he made such a to do out of it and was like, re but it was so genuine. It wasn't, it didn't feel performative at all. And it was very much like, oh my gosh, you know, thank, he was saying, thank you. I'm not, again, I'm not going to speak Japanese on here, but anyway, he kept saying thank you. And it was so lovely and it was such a positive experience. And so um, I appreciate the question, Bill. Thank you for writing in. I, yeah. So in the, it's ironic that this example from the Reddit thread that he made reference to was uh, about Japanese, like a Japanese train station, but like in my limited experience with the culture when I was over there, yeah, like customer service matters in, insanely. For example, we didn't know, like we lined up in this weird spot for the train and we're like, oh, why are all those people standing over there? Whatever. And so we stood like really close to the, where the doors would be. And then we realized, oh no, they're lining up because they're lining up in order of how they arrived at the platform. And they're letting all the people that arrived before them go onto the train first. So our happy asses are like, look at these idiots. Like we're getting right close. Why aren't they standing by the door? Why aren't they pushing people to get ahead? Like we don't understand. And then it clicks and both of us are like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So like egg on our face, we then go to the back of the line and you could see people like slightly smiling because they realized we realized. But if you think one of them said anything to us the whole time we were, and, and I mean that in like, oh, they were just going to be respectful of the fact that we either didn't know or didn't care, but we were not following the rules. But there wasn't anyone in our face telling us where to go, which was absolutely my experience in one particular Southeast Asian country that was miserable for me, which I will not name here. But in Japan, they were just like, oh, okay, that's just what, that's just where they're going to go stand. Even though everybody else was following these very specific rules of being respectful to the people that arrived before you. So I would say that wasn't at all. Like I, I didn't watch the video on the train platform and think what, like what just happened? Not at all. I thought it was really, really lovely. Yeah. It just, it was super, I don't know. It was kind of overwhelming to watch that. And I would say like time after time, after time, after time, that was our experience. And it, it, you know, it's interesting when you go to a country where you don't speak the language and you attempt to, there's going to be, you know, obviously, as we know, there's going to be things that you miss and they miss, and that's just going to be how it is. And oh, well, but in my experience there, it was like making an effort was really all that mattered. And so whilst I thought I totally understood why it ended up on Reddit and I totally get, I was like, yeah, this is some weird shit. Like I get it. And like, you don't want, you know, it's kind of like an Oompa Loompa, like popping out of the back at like Charlie, Charlie's chocolate factory where you're like, whoa, what the hell? Like, where did this human come from? So I totally got the visual and I was like, okay, like I see why this person like posted about this. But it totally falls in line with my experience in Japan and how lovely the people were to me there. So, I mean, the only thing that I was like, oh, I don't know if people are like following the rules to be polite because it's cultural or because they're scared. Yeah. And so you better believe that everywhere else we went, I was like, oh, I figured out the hustle game here. 
All I have to do is really compliment them in Japanese and we're going to get free pastries. And you can imagine my disappointment when every time I complimented a chef because he or she knew it was disingenuous, we did not get the pastry parade after the meal when I did it in the future because it was probably very obvious that I was hustling them. So we also, I will say there was one area where you don't get great customer service in Japan and it was definitely at the arcade. There's arcades everywhere, 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 especially in the center of Tokyo. And so we would go to these arcades and be like, let's go play some game we don't understand the rules for because it's definitely not in English and none of the keys are in English and who cares? Let's just go play. And so when you lose enough times in a row, the people are like, especially the people that are waiting to play the game who are very serious about it. It's like when you go on, uh, is it Dance Dance Revolution? Is that the name of the game? The dancing, I think it's Dance Dance Revolution, sponsor of the show. Uh, I, they like, when you do that and you're bad at it and people are like either waiting to have their turn or they're trying to watch you and see if you're good. I will say that is one part of Japanese culture in my limited experience that was very unforgiving. It was like, oh, you're just like not taking this seriously. Oh, you're bad at this. Okay, bye. <laughs> so we definitely experienced that a lot uh, where it was just like, yeah, you don't, you don't get it. So you can go over there. So yeah, in my experience, it was Japan. However, asterisk, star, addendum, extra bit of information. I have never been to South or North Korea, but I would argue that South Korea probably also has insanely attuned customer service only because... I used to live in K-Town or uh, Koreatown in Los Angeles. Koreatown is filled, as you might expect, with lots of locations that do karaoke, right? Because it's just a huge part of the culture, but it's also hu it's a huge part of LA culture, but it's a huge part of Korean culture from what I can gather. And so a big experience that you have is you get to, you go to like Korean barbecue, which oof, real good. And then you can reserve a room at any one of the myriad karaoke places in K-Town. And reserving a room is bomb because you're not dealing with some hotshot karaoke DJ who expects a tip and like puts you last because you didn't flirt hard enough with him or whatever. Like, you know, you're doing a song that he's like, no, no, I'm singing that. That happened to a friend of mine where like she signed up to do some silly fun like West Coast rap song and the DJ was like, okay, great. Like, yeah, I'll put you up and then bumped himself up and sang it and then like just didn't. Anyway, that kind of bullshit. Yeah. And she tipped him. So she never got to sing her song. Anyway, so that that kind of experience where you reserve a room means that, A, God bless those employees. They don't have to hear you all night. But also, B, you can sing, like if it's you and three buddies, you better sing 50 songs because you rent the room. I think it's four hour chunks. Anyway, none of this matters. It's super fun, though. If y'all get a chance, come to K-Town in L.A. and absolutely sing karaoke because it's super fun. And I actually just went to a birthday party. Uh, shout out to former guest of the podcast, Laura Hilker. We were uh, there for her birthday and we rented out this like massive room. It had two bars and it had a stage. It was huge. And there were only like eight of us, eight or nine of us. And it was super, super fun because we were there for a birthday party. This was this was not it was like a handful of weeks ago we all came sort of separately because we drove separately or took, you know, rideshare, whatever. So we get there and it's in this sort of conspicuous building. So you're kind of like, wait, I don't know where or inconspicuous. It's, it's in a very hidden building. So you're like, is this an office park? Is this a club? And you can hear like crazy bass on the top floor, but you're like, is someone doing business in this building? And then you walk in and it looks like either a hotel lobby or, you know, those indoor malls that have fountain. I miss 
indoor malls or like hotels that have inside fountains. If you're a hotel with an inside fountain, I will stay there just for that smell of chlorine that like, you know, when you walk out of the door and like you look over the balcony and you're like, that's not a pool. That's a fountain that's going to have a show a little bit later. But you get that smell. It's probably terrible for you. Whatever. Who cares? I love all of that shit. And so you walk into this building and it's got indoor fountain, indoor mall slash hotel lobby vibes. And then you go to the info desk and they're like, oh yeah, you have to go downstairs. Now nah, come on. That's how, this is how people get murdered. Also it was, a, it was in October and I'm like, ma'am, I don't think that's where you go. And she was like, no, no, that's where you go. I didn't say it, whatever. So we take the elevator down. I open the doors open and there's this huge Jack Skellington and everything is decorated for Halloween, like top to bottom. And he's talking and it's loud and you can hear like various rooms of people singing off key. And I was like, have I entered the portal to hell? What is this? And I was like, do I turn around? I could jump ship right now. I don't. I walk to the little like there's an information desk there too. And there are no exaggeration, five different employees who all appear to be Korean. I don't know if they are. But all of them were standing around, all of them were masked, and all of them had on either suits or dresses, and they all came up to me. And there was one other guy in the elevator with me, and he they pulled him off, and they, sh- they physically walked him to his room. The, the space was huge, so like they had to walk me to my room too. But they asked for the reservation name, and I screwed up and gave them the wrong name. And then they were able to deduce from the name I gave them what name the reservation actually was probably under because I said the word birthday and I was like, the fuck? And they made the effort to do that. I walked into a shoe place today, which shall remain nameless, fully ready to spend money on new running shoes that I desperately need. No one acknowledged me. And then they had the actual shoes I wanted. Brooks, sponsor the show. And I was like, yo, uh, could I just ask you a question? And the guy was like, yeah, give me a minute. That was what he said. Fine. He was looking at shoes himself. Then he walks over to me and I was like, hey, which ones of these are unisex? Which are men's and which are women's? And he was like, I mean, they all can be unisex. That's not true. If you're a runner, men have wider feet. It's a whole thing. And I was so, I'm about, I'm about to get back to K-Town. Give me just a second. But I was so annoyed. And so I was like, okay, well, can you just tell me which ones? And he goes, well, probably those and just points to one pair that was clearly a dude's shoe. And I said, because Brooks doesn't do, I mean, they have some of their line is unisex, but like for the most part, they have gender divided shoes because our, our feet are different. And so I was like, oh, you think that that is? And he's like, yeah, I mean, it looks like it. And I said, okay. And he goes, I guess I can look it up. He has a little scanner thing in his hand. He ain't even have to walk anywhere else in the store and he does a little boop boop on the shoe and he goes yeah it's unisex I look over his shoulder and it was man's it said man's shoe and when I tell you when I tell you I was about to say something and I was like you know what this ain't worth it this dude don't care at all and I was just like okay okay and in my head I was like he just lost the sale and I go well, do you think that they'll list the the style of shoe online? He goes, probably. And then walked away from me. What? Like, what? I know apathy is the new drug of choice for Gen Z or whatever, but like, really? And I just was like, I gotta go. Anyway, but, uh, the complete other side of the spectrum is, so cut back to me in the basement in hell with Jack Skellington and these five cor- presenting Korean humans 
So one goes off with the weird drunk white dude that was in the elevator with me. The others come up to me. They figure out which room I'm meant to be in based off of me saying birthday. They, two of them, two, two, escort me down the hall in very broken English, but very much making an effort, very much making me feel seen and heard and valuable to their business. And they escort me to the room. I walk in and of course, you know, my friends sing my praises and love all over me. We're so excited. Now they ignored me. They didn't give a shit that I was there, but the room was massive. And I was like, this is amazing. And they had a rule where you had to order essentially not like a meal, but you had to order one of the appetizers. And then they brought like bottles of what, whatever else you wanted. And we were the group that couldn't decide what to eat because everybody was like, well, we literally just ate dinner and this is kind of weird and whatever. But the guy came back five separate times and every time he came back to try and get the food order, which was like starting to get ridiculous. I was finally just like, can you just tell him anything? But by the time he came back, like the fifth time or whatever, he was still so pleasant. Like we couldn't agree and nobody really wanted to make the decision because nobody wanted to like, you know, be like, well, I think because it's just a group of extremely thoughtful human beings. And so he comes back like a fifth time and the Laura's fiance was just like, how about just the wings? Great. Let's just do wings. It's fine. And the guy was like, okay, wings. And then brought it and did not have an attitude. And when I tell you, you make me come back to your karaoke room where I got to listen to you sing off key five, a crisp five times, a crispy five. And I'm supposed to act like I want to be there. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I don't want to be there. I certainly didn't want to be there anyway because doing that job, no thank you. God bless the people who do it. I'm really grateful that you do it. But a fifth time, a crispy five, and you have yet to tell me whether you want wings or tenders, the menu ain't that big and they're not making, you know, Korean barbecue. It's a real simple menu because they know that who they're catering to and they know that they muscled you into buying the food. Anyway, they were so lovely to us and then we stayed past our reserve. We were late they were still lovely. We stayed past our reservation time. They were still lovely. It's like all of those things where they, and this is the thing with customer service with me. See now, now I'm going off and I've not, I think I answered Bill's question, but I'm going off now about Korea or at least customer service in my limited experience with some Asian cultures. There's a focus of like, I want you to have a good experience because listen, if my end game is making money, and that should, I mean, that's capitalism. That's this country. That's a lot of countries. If that's my end game, I'm about to make you so happy if I'm the business owner, especially a karaoke joint in K-Town when it is littered, littered with m- so many options to choose from. Now that that's probably the only place that had Jack Skellington in hell at that particular time. But like a lot of karaoke joints in K-Town, you can rent a room. Not all of them are, you know, massive shared floors. And some of the individual rooms, there's like one room where you can get a live band. I mean, it's bizonkers. And so I felt like that level of customer service was crazy. And I was thinking when I was there, we hadn't gotten this question yet, but I was thinking when I was at the karaoke place, I was like, oh, these people, their customer service is making me want to come back here. Like they are so focused on us that it would maybe make me uncomfortable at some point. But for the most part, this is such a like, yeah, you're the queen of this experience. Like we were focused on you. We're focused on you. And I found it to be, I was like this, the problem with the shoe guy is like, if all the customer service I experienced, and this is kind of what I got, the sense I got in the UK, if all the customer service I experienced is subpar at best, 
then my bar for customer service is not high. There was a, I'm friends with a woman who lives in Brighton and she said to me, she was like, oh, my family vacations were always to the US because we loved how you guys treated us over there. And she was like, yeah, we knew you were doing it for tips. We didn't care. You guys were so over the top nice to us that we were like, guess where we're going on vacation. (laughs) And so I think when your sort of standard becomes someone basically tells you to get the fuck out of their face or whatever people say when they're rude in customer service, then you have no bar against which to sort of measure how bad it can be. But the juxtaposition, like after having had the experience in K-Town, not but a couple weeks ago, to go from there to shoe guy being like, I don't know, I guess so. Maybe it's online. Well, I guess you're going to find out or whatever the hell his sort of goal was with speaking to me. I feel like we, unfortunately for everyone that works in customer service now, we have a bar against which to hold this. Now, I think people abuse that, that the holding of that bar. I think people think that if they, you know, if they're at a McDonald's, that they should be getting Michelin star service and like, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, you need to calm down. You're at McDonald's. No offense, McDonald's. I drink the shit out of your coffee and I make reference to you later in a different question. So absolutely holler at your girl and sponsor the show. But I do think that we hold Michelin expectations to all experiences and that's insane to me. And like, granted, this shoe store wasn't Manolo's. So it was like, yeah, it was just a, you know, it was a running shoe store. So whatever, you know, maybe my, mm, I should have set the bar lower, but like running shoes are like a crisp $200. It's nothing. I'm not sneezing at that amount of money. It's a lot of money. And so I did not purchase them because of that gentleman and I'm petty. And if you're rude, I will put my items down and leave. That's how petty I am. So anyway, (laughs) Bill from Oklahoma, thank you so much for writing. Uh, He was the only one that wrote in about this particular question. But yeah, arguably, I would say Japan and I would guess also probably some version of Korea would have some ridiculously amazing customer service too, though I have not had the pleasure of traveling there yet. It's goals. It's on the list. Um, and yeah, so I, you know, I think look up that Reddit thread. We'll put it in the show notes, but look that up. I think it's, it's a, it's an interesting video. It didn't like, I don't know, maybe it would be shock and awe if you hadn't traveled to Japan. So I sound like such a, wow, what an entitled little shitty thing to say. If you hadn't like had the travel plans that I'd had, you wouldn't, you wouldn't find that video that exciting. What an asshole. Okay, folks, let's move on before I make a bigger ass out of myself. Okay, our next letter comes from Katie, who did not say where, oh, didn't say where she's from. Great name. She wrote in, what do you think, oh, I forgot about this one. What do you think of the Starbucks union policy and how do you feel in general about that whole experience? So we got a few questions or a few emails about this and it's, not a super funny topic, but because we got enough questions about it, I wanted to bring it up because I didn't quote this email because I couldn't, I wasn't sure, but people had made note that the customer service level has changed. And the the thing I don't know how to answer is some Starbucks are arguing to become or are fighting to become union houses and some are not. And I don't totally understand all of it, but NPR wrote a really comprehensive article. I think it's Howard Schultz. I'm going to, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but they wrote a really comprehensive article about why some of it's working and why it mostly is not. And I guess it's because Starbucks as a whole does not have to become union. It's each individual Starbucks location has to decide if and when they want to join the union And they were, I guess, according to what I read, 
at the beginning, they had something like 70 some odd stores that were like, definitely like, yes, we're doing it. But now they have less than 3% of the 9,000 company operated Starbucks stores around the country in the US that are willing to participate in it. So like, it's kind of like the and the number of stores that are arguing to have uh, union elections has dropped dramatically. So like, I guess at the beginning of the year, 71 petitions for union were filed. And then now there's only eight as of or as of August, there were only eight, but then they're facing more than 325 unfair labor practice charges. So I don't really know. I don't know. Uh, because apparently people who are working in the stores are claiming, you know, if they are, uh, if they are employees that have been associated with wanting a union, they're finding some reason to write them up and fire them. I don't know. It's not a super funny topic. Uh, but what I will say, which is great, is, is I feel like the whole purpose of labor unions in general are needing all of this is because at the end of the day, capitalism don't give a fuck about you. It don't care about you. They're nothing. And I had a boss look at me once and say, I can't wait to replace all of you with AI. And I was a bartender. And he was like, I'm going to get a machine that pours beers and I'm going to get to replace all of you guys. It's like those, listen, all those fancy craft beer bars that all y'all like where you're paying per ounce, you like swipe your card at the top and then you get to taste whatever you want. And then at the end of the day, you're just given some like nebulous bill where you're like, I don't know, I guess I drank $56 of fucking beer when like you don't have any way to prove that you didn't. It's such a good grift, like high five all around to the geniuses that came up with that. That also cuts the need for bartenders down to about, I don't know, an eighth of what you would normally need because I worked at a craft beer bar where there were tasters took up a huge portion of my time and tasters are annoying because somebody wants eight and my bar didn't have a rule of like the limit. But yeah, my boss looked at me straight up and he was like, I can't wait to have robots replace you. And here's the thing. And I want everyone to hear this. This is sort of unrelated to Starbucks, but I have to, I want this on record. If you replace all of us with robots and like have at it, go to town, make robots drive our cars, make robots serve your beers. Fine. At the end of the day, those of us who would be employed in those jobs in order to have extra income to be able to go out, buy clothes, go on vacation, get married, buy socks, what pay for healthcare, whatever. If you've replaced all of us with robots, we don't have an income to pay for all of those things. And the first thing that's going to go is the need for socks. And that's the thing is like all those little, the non, uh, what do they call them? Non-necessities or whatever. The things I have the option to purchase, but I don't have the money to purchase. Those are the first things to go because I don't have an income. So go on ahead, all you brilliant minds that want to make it so that we're all replaced by the robots. Fantastic. Have at it. Just remember, when you cut your labor pool or the people that can get a job down significantly because you replaced us with Arnold Schwarzenegger in the fucking Terminator, now we don't have extra income. We don't have any income, but we certainly don't have extra income to buy your jeans or pay for healthcare. We certainly don't have money to rent the apartments that you all also also own. So just like putting a little bit of spice in your stupid fucking plan. There's that. But I will say that. So I'm 
I'm mostly in favor of unions because I'm in one. And also because I know everything I've been told about entertainment pre-union, at least for actors, was the days were insane. The conditions were insane. You weren't fed. It was awful. They could hold you hostage as long as they needed. They still kind of do. But all of that to say, the only reason I'm mostly pro-union is because I see why they're necessary. If capitalism actually gave a fuck about human beings, then there wouldn't be a need for labor unions, which means there, then I wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't be pro-union. I don't know. I have to give a significant portion of my measly earnings in entertainment back to a union that all it does is guarantee I can't be worked to death without getting overtime and then I get a meal. Like, I don't earn enough in my union to get health insurance. I don't earn enough in my union to have a retirement account. I don't earn enough in my union to get most of the fringe benefits that we'll use his name, Brad Pitt, who is also in my same union, gets because he earns gobs and gobs and gobs of money. So being in a union doesn't guarantee you all of the same protections. It guarantees you a sprinkling of those. At least I shouldn't say all unions. But I can speak for SAG after because that's what I'm in. I'm not coming for my union, but I'm going to be honest. Like I don't get any fringe benefits other than I do get overtime and I do get a meal, which is great. And look, there are safety standards now. There's a lot of things that make union work great. But Starbucks is taking the position. We already we already subsidize your um, education. I think if you go to what's is it University of Phoenix? It's, it's one of the online schools. They will supplement that partially. They give you health benefits and you can have a retirement plan and you get a higher than average salary. Part of why they wanted to unionize is something that, look, it frustrates a customer. Like, I wish, much like how Coffee Bean has it, I wish I wish Starbucks had that option where I could just add a tip because the Starbucks, the customer service I get at Starbucks is kind of universally great, and I would like to tip them, and I rarely have cash. And so I have said it to them a few times, and, like, they just say, oh, yeah, we want that too, but they kind of just leave it alone. It's one of the reasons I read that they are looking to unionize is because they don't have the um, the tip option. I don't know. It's kind of a crazy reason to mess up your whole employment structure because you're mad about tipping. Like, I get it. Trust and believe, especially with how expensive shit is now. I get it. But when I read that that was one of the main reasons, I was like, can't Starbucks just add that? Like, couldn't they just like, like, why can't they change that? That seems crazy to me. Like, your people are unionizing because you won't add a tip line, bro. Just do it. Obviously, the technology exists. Coffee Bean does it. Shout out to Coffee Bean, sponsor of the show. So the general question from the emails that we got uh, was basically like, what do you think of the union policy? And the reality is, is all it does is make me want to comment on capitalism and say, the only reason we need unions and the only reason we need this kind of experience is because capitalism don't give a shit about you, me or anybody. And just like, you know, health insurance don't give a shit about you, me or anybody at the end of the line, at the end of the day, it's about profit. And so how do they protect their profits? How are they protecting the bag? And whatever that looks like, if that means replacing us all with robots, <laughs> what up, Joel calling you up. I mean, if that's what it looks like, that's what it looks like. But I mean, when you read, like, I'm not a big history person because I just want to repeat it and I want to be dumb. But when you read about pre-industrial revolution and then post-industrial revolution and like pre-labor unions and post, there's a marked difference. I mean, we do like that is sort of how we all get to stand together against, you know, the chaos and insanity that is people being able to hoard billions of dollars, pounds, whatever you use. So the argument that I would make for, against, or neutral is basically 
if that's what's going to get them the tip line, like great. I'd like to be able to tip them at Starbucks when I don't have cash. But the fact that I read, I mean, having 375 different, I'm sorry, 325 unfair labor practice charges. That's a lot of charges. They're a massive corporation. They're everywhere, but that's a lot of charges against you. And so I'm certain there's so much we don't know. But I do know a lot of people that worked for and currently work for Starbucks. And I don't know. I mean, I can't speak to it because I don't work for them. But I totally, as a member of a union, I can say I understand some of the fringe benefits. Although I don't understand what it would feel like to have health insurance from my union. Because why would they do that? They need me to make a million dollars before they'll give me health insurance. So that's good. It's really good because you know how easy it is as an actor to make a million dollars. It's just easy. It's just poof. There it is. Oh, look at that. Just fell out of a tree. Whatever. So that's really all I have to say about that. Like I wish I had, I wish I could comment further. I really don't know enough about it. And I'm, I was trying to get, and I'm still trying to get someone who currently works for the company or someone who recently stopped working for the company to be interviewed about how you make it like funny. So (laughs) I don't know. I mean, that's the goal. And also because this is a Thanksgiving episode, I just want to say super shout out to being grateful for coffee in general. It is, uh, it is for sure my vice If I stay in your home and coffee goes missing, it is a thousand percent me. Uh, I may have a problem. And so, yeah, I have, uh, I've graced, I've graced the presence of a few Starbucks even post this sort of labor dispute chaos. And also something you may not know, something I learned out here is that if the Starbucks is inside of a grocery store, they actually can't accept tips like they'll never be allowed to, which could be part of the pushback from Starbucks that they can't have a universal system. They would have to have a separate system at the grocery store, which they may already have the grocery store system. I don't know. I don't know what the argument could be there. I'm not trying to give them a layup on that. But I do know that if it is inside of a grocery store, you cannot tip because groceries, they are technically employees of the grocery store and they, and it is a, most grocery stores are union shops. So they are members of a union. So they are getting health benefits and something else and another thing and all the things I don't have access to because I'm in a union, they have. Mazel. I should go work for a fucking grocery store. So all that to say, I have a convoluted, not necessarily firm one way or the other answer, but in the show notes will be more information for you to do your own research if anybody has to. Who has time? Who has time? Who's clicking on show links? Does anybody read the show notes? I literally don't think anyone does because I've started to get real sassy and real shitty in those notes and no one said anything. I haven't gotten nary a blink in the direction of, yo, are you good (laughs) for what I'm putting in the show notes? So uh, I don't know. I don't think y'all read them. Anyway, in the show notes that y'all don't read, there will be more information there. So thank you, Katie, and all of the people that emailed us about uh, the stuff that's going on with Starbucks. And another question we got that I didn't know how to answer, but I'm just going to acknowledge is, have you noticed a shift since it all went, since it all started? I don't know really what that was asking. I'm imagining in a shift in how uh, I'm being treated or what the customer service is like me. And the short answer is no, I haven't really, uh, it hasn't been something that I've noticed, but that's that's just to say in general customer service out here in the great city of the angels is um it's just okay unless you're in kaya town <laughs> it's like just okay now i imagine for the rich elites who are going to all these fancy restaurants that are hot and whatever 
they're probably getting phenomenal customer service, I would imagine. And, you know, there's a couple, whatever, this is going to become a six hour episode. So no, I don't, I don't really have, this is why I didn't include the question initially because I don't really know how to answer it. So I'm going to move on. Okay. So we had, I'm, uh, I'm just going to credit. Let's see, who can I credit? I'm going to credit Serena from Turks and Caicos with this. We got so many emails about this. Thank y'all for writing in. We got a, we got a few. It's going to be old news by the time this airs, but maybe more shit has happened because people are still talking about it. Uh, the most infamous British man over here because everybody thought he was nice. This is why Simon Cowell has a one-up on everybody because he presented to y'all like he was a dick. And the truth is he's just a good businessman and actually is a real big soft heart. And the same is true with Gordon Ramsay. Like those are both, anyway, they try to present as dicks and like everything I read about both of them is they're actually super lovely. So whatever. James Corden, allegedly, I want to say allegedly 6,247 times. Let's just imagine I'm saying allegedly every other word. Okay. This hasn't been taken to court. None of this has been proven. And I am all parties are assumed innocent until presented in front of a jury of their peers. Did I cover it? to the invisible lawyer in the corner who is hopefully nodding. So we got a lot of emails about there's a restaurant in New York that I'm not going to give free press to because it's the most fancy, like it's the hottest restaurant in New York right now. And like you guys, the New York restaurant scene is like better than anywhere else. I'm not even joking. Like if you, if you know anything, you know, like New York is the only city you ever have to visit or live in because it has everything. You feel good, New Yorkers? I've, I've said it. I want to throw up. Okay. So at this like number one restaurant, which look, the one of the most competitive restaurant markets in the world is New York city and restaurants turn and burn so fast. It's, it's similar in LA, but it's nothing like New York because of their limited, they're on an Island. So they have limited space anyway. So Mr. James Corden was, uh, written up by the owner of this restaurant as being banned from the restaurant because of his behavior, which Corden has later said in an interview, quote, I made a sarcastic, rude comment about cooking it myself. That is the only thing he has sort of taken ownership for. And uh, so essentially he got banned from this crazy restaurant, but it was put up. So the, so the restaurant tour, I don't know where the article originally came out and I'm not, I'm just not going to be bothered to Google it. I just can't do it. So wherever that article originally appeared, it might've been just like the dude posting I don't know, somewhere on his own website. I don't know. But it somehow made its way to Reddit. And God bless the Reddit audience. That is a loyal, smart, really, really engaged audience. And it was posted there of like, hey, you know, this is a celebrity behaving badly. And he was so rude to the to the waitress that according to some accounts, she cried after he like, I think so according to what was said, I guess Corden's wife has a specific allergy. And like, he demanded that the meal be remade three times because of the allergy. This is allegedly what happened. And allegedly, that is not what happened. Allegedly, this is just how he is. And he goes into customer service experiences kind of just making sure that he lets everybody know what for in in as many ways as he can take that for what it's worth. I don't know, but regardless, he has now since said, Oh, I was rude or whatever. Back to that stupid quote I had to say up top. And so allegedly, uh, this all happens. And then that restaurateur 
put in the Reddit thread or someone, whatever, moved it over to Reddit where it described exactly what happened. And that the, the restaurateur said, in my 25 years of restaurant ownership, I've never banned anyone. And so it went wild. You've all heard it since, I'm sure. And his team has done the best they can to clean it up since then. Well, the problem with Reddit is that it's a super engaged, super smart audience. And they don't like bullies. It's one of the few social media platforms that's really well moderated in a sort of balanced way. And the other fun thing about Reddit is the pile on. It is one of the few social media platforms that's very easy to pile on. And it's kind of competitive one-upmanship on Reddit because everybody's so smart. So it's not like Facebook where you're like, you know, vague booking and being like, oh, I'm having a hard day. Or Twitter, same thing. Instagram, whatever. Where you just like are vague about your emotions and people are like, oh, sending thoughts and prayers. Oh, let me know what I can do. You know, those perfunctory, stupid things that people say. So it isn't really like that. It's like people are actually seeking advice, but also people are seeking stories. And the thing with Reddit is you can also just type in like his name or bad customer service or whatever. And you're just going to see a litany of posts. So anyway, I'm making this too long because all of you are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it, Kate. We heard it. We knew. Okay. Mazel. You knew. So (laughs) he, a pile on started because it's Reddit and people were like, yo, when I was on a plane, I saw this when, oh, when I waited on his table, this happened to me. Uh, I was at a table three, three away from him. And I saw this and like, here's the thing that I want everybody to know. And this is the part that really chaps my ass is he's acting out in these five-star Michelin rated, crazy, amazing restaurants in some of the most competitive restaurant markets in the world. And he's acting an ass. And the problem is, I mean, there's a lot of problems with that. Like allegedly, I'm just, imagine I keep saying that. I'm not going to keep, it's driving me nuts. Just imagine, I, I don't know that any of this is true, whatever. The thing that's so frustrating is by the time someone is a server, bartender, mater d, manager, sommelier, whatever the various positions are, at a five-star Michelin ranked like rated restaurant, that's your career. You're not doing that like us assholes who are like, I want to be an actor, so I'm doing this side job. No, they don't consider it a side job. That's their job. And that also means their resume, their write-ups, their entire work history follows them to every other Michelin ranked five star, any type of service job in restaurants that they want to go do. So when you have the level of fame and celebrity where you are not only making a server cry, but it has to be put in their reports because allegedly write-ups would happen after he would be there and people would, they would say like, you're not giving this person five star service and you're working in a five star restaurant that's going to follow these career server, bartender, sommelier, managers, et cetera, all the people I said before, that's going to follow them to every other restaurant they go to. And do you think that at every interview they want to interject and be like, hey, I know you saw the amount of write-ups I had at my previous restaurant. I just want to defend myself and say X. No, you're not even going to get the interview because by the time you're at that level, they expect everything so flawless that you, they don't waste their time 
with someone that could even potentially be a problem. And I'm certain some listeners could be like, yeah, well, you know, I heard that, or I went to a five-star place and we got terrible service and whatever. Sure. There are outlier experiences, but for the most part, for you to become Michelin star or five-star or written up in the New York times or whatever the things are that make you on the map as a restaurant, you have hired a staff that matches that level of service. And by the time that becomes your career, you want to wait tables. You want to serve people. You want them to have an amazing restaurant experience. God bless. <laughs> God bless. I would be in prison. I would 1000% be in jail. Jail or prison, allegedly. Am I saying all the words right? I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. So he is creating such a stink. And, and this Reddit thread, it, allegedly, is, is just like going crazy. Where now those of us who work in Hollywood or have some sort of tangential relationship to it, all I'm going to say is this wasn't news. Read the, read the thread, read the article, got a whole lot of people in my DMs being like, yo, did you know this? And what I'll say is I did not know it. Okay. <laughs> now, did I know that this experience happened at the restaurant in New York? No. But was I like, what? Carpool karaoke guy's actually an asshole? what he's being an entitled celebrity little baby person no that a celebrity acting like a toddler there is no way nah nah that's not that's not the reaction i had <laughs> i was um not surprised is all i'm gonna say I was not surprised so all of this happens right and so this it comes out people are piling on there y'all gotta look up the story of the airplane is all I'm going to say. Just go to the thread. I'm certain his team probably, I don't know, pushed to have the thread taken down. They're probably going to have my whole show pulled off the air or whatever. I don't care. But the, the, the thread was pretty, pretty tasty. So cut to, I don't even think it was a week. I mean, it wasn't long. And all of a sudden the restaurateur posts an, is that the right word? Who cares? Words don't matter. And I don't care. Uh, he posts to like follow up like James called and apologized all is well he was having a bad day he's no longer banned from our restaurant blah 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 you gonna be goddamned if I'm still working at that restaurant you let that dude back in and then I'm expected to wait on that table after I saw what he did to my friend Kelly or whatever the hell oh no no ma'am I'll be like somebody can have my table in that section for the rest of the evening I will, I will surrender my ability to make tips on that particular table for the rest of the night. And so the thing that I wish got focused on, and maybe it did later and I just didn't do enough research, but I was unable to find. So please email, DM, whatever, if you know of uh, an asterisk to this story. But I was unable to find anywhere anything that made reference to the fact that he then called the server and apologized to her or slipped her a crisp grand of some of his delicious TV money? I didn't read anywhere. And it also seems like she's probably under a gag order by his team. Now, this is also part of the thing with working with celebrities and at a professional level, you sign a whole lot of shit to work at some of these places. And so she probably, in order to keep her job and in order to not get sued, probably hasn't come out and said anything because she probably legally cannot. Don't worry, girl, I'll take that cross. And so 
I haven't seen anything with that said he then followed up and made right by her. I haven't seen anything that said he slipped her money. He called her himself. None of it. It was only to make sure. And that to, to me, that's a tell. And to me, that reads as this is to make sure that publicly facing people know that I'm a hero and I called and I said I was sorry. And that's that. And there we are. So to make this about gratitude, I would say I'm really grateful that I don't work at that restaurant. I'm really grateful that I've never waited on James Corden. And I'm really grateful that the celebrities that I have waited on that have been shitty to me are in some version of downward spirals in their lives. That I'm grateful for. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, What I really also hope is that, you know, this woman is now swimming in money so that she doesn't sell her story to some stupid, you know, filmmaker who's like, we're going to make a whole entire screenplay out of that 30 minute exchange. We're going to make a two and a half hour. But you know what? We're going to make a Marvel series. You become a superhero that your superpower is your tears become blades. I don't know. I hope that she's not having that kind of experience. Although whatever, get your bag, girl. And I do hope that James sent her flowers and money and all of the things for what he allegedly did. But we know that ain't happened. And so I feel like the fact that, I mean, this this made international news. And I'll just say, from the UK friends I spoke to, too, they weren't not surprised. Okay? So all this news coming out about this person that everybody thought was just some kitty cat from Cats singing karaoke with Adele. Uh, turns out, turns out, and he ain't the only talk show host that were like, oh, no, no, no. In a dark alley, he gonna stab you. He ain't the only one. He ain't the only talk show host we've come for recently that all of us in LA and Hollywood were like, yeah, we knew. <laughs> this ain't news. So I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, I just say uh, vote with your eyes. Vote with your dollars. Uh, if you can get a reservation at that particular restaurant, which I refuse to give a little bit of press to, you know, Mazel, good for you. Tell us if the food is worth it. But uh, the fact that he's allowed back in there and we heard nothing about what he did for the server, I don't know. I got some question marks, some little question, questiony marks. Anyway, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. I hope tomorrow you smash all of the turkey into your mouths or the uh, tofurkey or the tur chickens, tur cluckins, whatever y'all are eating. And I hope that you are with people that love you. I hope that you are uh, dripping with gratitude for what we've all gone through together. Uh, Just know that I am dripping with gratitude for your ears and your time. And I'm so grateful to be on this ride with everybody. Just remember, we only get to do this life once. So why not have fun? Thank you all so much for listening. If you can't afford a tip, you can't afford to go out. So don't be garbage and be good to people. It's easier that way. How many more mantras can I say before we get out of here? Uh, Live and let live. I can't, I wish I would have written a bunch down and I could have done a runner and then I would have done a runner. All right, everybody. Thanks again to SiriusXM. Thank you all for listening. Enjoy your Thanksgivings. We'll see you next week. Good night.